Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. It's a real pleasure to welcome you to today's program. Today's program, a very special topic. Today we're looking at your church, a nurturing community. And our guest today is Dr. Arta Stelli. Arta, thanks so much for coming on Ministry in Motion. Good to be here. Yeah. Now, some of our viewers may know, but you have a very significant role within the Seventh-day Adventist Church worldwide. Would you like to tell us some of the things that you do? Well, um, I just came from a Bible conference that we had in uh, South America. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, uh, in the last uh, four years, we had uh, over 65 uh, Bible conferences for pastors. Wow. And this is one of the most joyful assignments that I have because it's always a joy to be around pastors because these are the central, central figures that we have in our church. All depends on pastors. Yes. And so whenever we have a chance to meet with them, it's really the most important meetings. Right. And then, of course, the Biblical Research Institute and many other committees. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, one of those committees, and you're also a vice president for the, the Worldwide Church, one of those committees is the... Nurture and Retention Committee, a right. very significant committee. Right. Um, would you like to give us a little background on why this committee was formed and some of the things that the committee has done? Well, um, our church has experienced uh, quite a significant growth for many, many years. Exactly. And when you compare uh, really with what is happening in the Christian world, then uh, the growth is quite impressive. And it's a constant growth. Uh, so on one side, one could say, why do you need nurture and retention when you are growing so good? Exactly. Like some of the, the, the baptismal figures are extraordinary. Right. More than 3,000 people every day. Yes, and we praise God for that. Exactly. And this is something we rejoice about. Yes. But, you know, uh, sometimes uh, a good news has also uh, a bad news. <laughs> mm. And unfortunately, uh, when we study the situation how many people we are losing. Yeah. It's quite uh, also a, a significant number. So it's uh, around one third that we lose in our church. So uh, if we would not lose, if our back door would be closed, mm. we would not uh, have today 18 uh, million members. We would have probably 40 or 50 exactly. million uh, members. So um, uh, this is a quite uh, um, a worrying um, um, you know, development that uh, actually always was there. And it's not unique to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's uh, uh, characteristics to all the churches. But, uh, but it is not normal for Jesus and his mission and his ministry. Exactly. Because uh, we know uh, from the scriptures, uh, Jesus was concerned when he was losing one, one percent, we could say today, you know, yeah. when he was... Uh, giving the parables of the lost coin, of the lost sheep, you know, the prodigal son, you know, uh, and also um, throughout his ministry, when you look his mission statement, you know, to find, to search, to find and to save. And so uh, his message to us, you know, please save everyone. Yes. Uh, and so um, uh, the main mission of our father is to find the lost. And so what we are talking about and why the Nurture and, creation, uh, Nurture and Retention Committee was created is really to encourage uh, to close the back door, 
to um, retain those who, uh, whom we are baptizing and uh, find ways and study why people are living and what can be done differently so that they would stay. And uh, this Nurture and Retention uh, Committee was created. And as you well know, since mm -hmm. you are uh, a key part in this committee, uh, we have established two subcommittees, one that studies the situation with adults and another one with young people. Why young people are living? Because the statistics is quite um, you know, um, serious about that. It is. It, it truly is. You know, in your, your comments there, there was something that particularly caught me, and that is, while we're talking about significant numbers, 33%, you know, while we are talking about millions of people, each one of those individuals is ever so important, valuable and precious. Exactly. And, you know, the, the parable of Jesus, particularly the lost son, really brought that home. It's as though we could put a name on that son, that daughter, that child. Exactly. That there's a personality that's associated with, with that child. We're not just talking about a, a faceless mass of people here, but Jesus really focuses it down to one person, and one person is so important, and all are one person in a sense. Yeah. You're right, you're right. So looking at the, the research, we've seen the, the background to this. How important is the local church in the, the, the provision of nurture within the community of the church? You know, the local church is the key, actually. Yeah. Uh, but when we uh, look at the studies that we have made, you know, uh, we have, as you know, asked people who have left the church and never came back. We have asked them, uh, what was, uh, you know, the reason? And then we have asked those who left and then returned also. Yes. And, uh, but it's very interesting and characteristic for both groups uh, that uh, things happened in the local church that triggered the uh, leaving. So uh, the local church is actually the place where things happen. Yes. Actually, we cannot speak about the church without thinking about the lo a local church. Local church, this is the church. It is. It's the community, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's the family. Now, some of those things that came up in the research, um, pivotal things, key things, trigger events that initiated a person to leave. Do some of those stand out for you? Well, um, looking at the results um, and um, seeing that uh, quite a significant number left because there was a conflict. Yeah. You know, a conflict uh, either in their own family, their home, uh, between, uh, you know, husband and wife or uh, parents and children. But a significant uh, number of people left because there was a conflict in the church. That's right. In the larger family. Yeah. A conflict between members, between uh, a member and a pastor, between uh, members and leaders, you know. It's very seldom uh, they reported a conflict between, you know, themselves and the teachings of the church. Exactly. Uh, quite a significant, I think, uh, the majority reported there was a conflict, a relational conflict. And so it's quite, a, I would say, a bell ringing and telling us something needs to be changed. And uh, I think we need to change the culture in our local churches. Our churches need to become uh, friendly, loving places. You know, especially young people, uh, when they leave, they say the church is too judgmental. You know, and they have, when you talk to young people, they have the picture that as if 
we are like heavenly policemen, mm. checking them out, you know, and if they make a mistake, we are here to punish them. This is the picture they get, you know, but we have to create a different picture. Everything we do, say, uh, how we behave, everything must preach another message, and the message must be Jesus loves you. And we love you too. Exactly. You know, and so uh, this is the main goal, to change the culture of the local church. So changing that culture, changing that atmosphere, to me that's one of the, the, the most important things that we've got to establish in so many of our churches. Um, I'd like to discuss that more, how we do this and how we achieve that straight after this break. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, your church, a nurturing community, and our guest, Dr. Arta Stelli. Arta, just before the break, we were coming to the very important detail of the atmosphere, the nurturing atmosphere in a local church. How important do you think is the, the biblical emphasis that's placed within the church to that nurturing atmosphere? Well, um when we speak about changing the culture in the local church, I think one of the key elements is the question, how do we understand God, who God is? And if you have a wrong picture of God, you know, it uh, will be uh, visible in the atmosphere. And so when I go in into the church and I don't see friendly faces, I see that the first question, uh, what kind of a God? as these people serving. And so, uh, you know, uh, the theology really influences very much how we behave. Yeah. And when we really study the Bible, and the Bible is uh, really portraying the true character of God, we know from the great controversy that the enemy wants to distort the beautiful picture of God. Mm. And sometimes the church members getting a wrong picture of God, thinking they're serving faithfully the Lord, Yes. Yeah. And while doing this, they are portraying a totally wrong picture. So we can really thinking that we serve the Lord while we are serving the enemy. Yeah. So uh, this is why it's quite important to go to the Bible and really find out who God is, what kind of God it is, because this will influence us. Yeah. And uh, I think one significant part of nurture is really to presenting the correct biblical picture of God. Because uh, if you do that, it will, you know, change everything. If my God is a loving God, is a forgiving God, if my God is someone who is in search of those who are lost, then I will relate similarly. Yes. I will never be judgmental. I will never look like a Pharisee from above to a newcomer. Mm. You know, I will be like uh, a friendly, uh, loving, caring, uh, like my Jesus is. So this is quite important. Now, uh, what is also very important when we speak about nurture, especially nurture, the Bible is full of examples uh, really telling us you, if you don't nurture, you cannot expect that people will stay there. For example, when you go to the book of Acts, what is very interesting in the book of Acts, there is never a growth of the church without first the growth of the word 
of the preaching. Yes. So, uh, and it's very interesting throughout the book of Acts, the first emphasis is always the word grew and many believers were added, you know, yes. but first is the growth of the word. So there mm. is nurture. For example, uh, when you go to the Old Testament, to the uh, uh, little book of Ruth, yes. which is very interesting and also uh, quite significant, it starts very interestingly. It speaks about in the uh, city of Bethlehem, which means house of bread, right. with a statement, in the house of bread, there is no bread. And people are forced to leave the house of bread and go to Moab, mm. where, according to Deuteronomy, Moses told them, when you went out from Egypt to the promised land, remember, the people of Moab never received you with lechem, with bread. Wow. And so what is happening, the, Ruth, uh, the book of Ruth starts, in the house of bread, there is no bread, and people are forced to go to mob where they were never received with bread. So today, what it means for us today? You know, because very often uh, uh, physical hunger mm -hmm. uh, is symbolized and shows also portrays the spiritual hunger. Mm -hmm. And when we uh, really put the book of Ruth in the context, we will see it is uh, a time when the judges governed. Right. And we have actually three biblical books that are describing this period. You have the book of Judges itself, yes. then the book of Ruth, and the first chapters of Samuel. Mm -hmm. But when you read the first chapters of Samuel, it states, uh, states very clearly that in those days, the word of God was rare mm. and visions not often. Mm. So you can really see it was not only a physical famine, there was only a spiritual famine. And so there was no nurture. Mm. There was no bread in the house of bread and people were forced. But then when you continue reading the book of Ruth, it states, as soon as they have heard, while they were in Moab, as soon as they have heard that the Lord has visited the house of bread in giving them bread, they decided to return. And so this is the element of nurture. It really tells us if in our churches, if on our pulpits, no bread is provided, no nurture is given, people will leave. And they will leave to the modern values of mob, you know, to mm -hmm. the internet values in search of, in search of spiritual bread. Yeah. But as soon as it will become known that my local church has bread, you know, the spiritual bread, yeah. then people will come. How, how do we get that message from, from Ruth from Bethlehem into a local congregation so that there, there is bread in that congregation. There is that, that nurture, that fellowship, that community that's, that's functioning there. How do we transform that teaching of the Bible, a very clear teaching of the Bible, into reality in a local church? You see, what really happens is there needs to take place an interaction mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit and of the word. When these two interact, they address a current reality. Right. You know, uh, people are not coming to our churches to find out who killed Goliath. They don't come to our church to find out with whom slept Solomon. Yes. No, these are all interesting facts, but this is not why the people are coming to the church. People are coming to the church, they want to hear, they want to have the 
living bread. Yes. They want to hear what God is telling them for today's situation. Mm -hmm. So our preaching needs to be relevant. Mm -hmm. How can it happen? So what we really need is we need the Holy Spirit. We need the word confronting the realities that are people facing. And when this happens, then nurture in a fullest sense takes place. Without that, there is no nurture. If you just come and read or tell stories, or even you can preach interestingly, mm -hmm. but there will be no nurture. Right. And yeah. I would say if people would ask me, uh, how about the nurture? How is it going in my church with the nurture? I would say, look at the retention, because it's very connected. If there is bread, people will come, they will stay, they will never leave. Mm. But if there is no living bread, they will be gone. And so the best question for every pastor, if he looks and the pews are empty or half empty, then the best question is to ask, how about nurture? Do I offer the living Christ? Yes. You know, that is uh, um, really responding, that is real and is uh, relevant to the yeah. needs of the modern people. Yes. You know, in, in the book of Acts, particularly chapters 14 and 15, we get some great insights there into the, the, the priority of nurture for the early church. You know, you're familiar with this, this passage where Paul and Barnabas visit that city of Lystra. Right. Uh, and Paul is stoned as they proclaim the gospel there. And then Paul goes, after being stoned, dragged out of the city, left for dead, he goes back into that city and he goes back and returns there two or three times more subsequently and we discover he went back to raise up local leaders, elders, other people to offer nurture and support. And one person that, as we know, came out of that was Timothy. And of course, Timothy was a very significant character in the New Testament, a young man. After the break, I'd love to come back and talk with you about the importance of nurturing the young Timothys. And uh, what's the feminine for Timothy? Well, <laughs> Timothy and his feminine friends in the local church today. The significance of nurturing young adults, children and youth appropriately in our church. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is your church, a nurturing community. And our guest is Dr. Arta Stelli. Arta, just before the break, we were looking at the importance of nurturing the children, the youth, the young people. We saw what happened in the New Testament when Timothy was nurtured in his home church in Lystra. Share with us why this is important and how it's best done. Well, um, I think this is uh, really the key as a nurture of our children and youth. Mm. Not only, you see, this, the church is only as strong as one generation. Yes. We can speak today about, you know, almost 20 million Seventh-day Adventists, but it's today. And the big question is, what will be with the church? You know, in one generation, everything can change mm -hmm. unless we nurture our children and youth. If we nurture our children and youth, it's some say it's our future. Mm. It's true in one sense only, but in reality, it's, it's our 
reality. Reality today. Yeah. Why? Mm. If you nurture children, you not only provide for tomorrow, the parents are more interested in their children than in anything else. Mm. If, you, if you would not do anything in the church, but just nurture children, the parents will be where? There, they'll be attracted. <laughs> they will be there. Yeah, yes. You know, and so while nurturing the children, nurturing the young people, you have all generations who are interested. They will be all here. Mm -hmm. If you only nurture the, uh, so to speak, adult generation, you nurture the today, and then you lose people of today. You have problems with retention, and you have no future. Mm. So the best strategy is really to start with children, youth, and then you have all. Yes. And so I think it is a key. And I'm very thankful uh, attending, uh, I must tell you, uh, the first church that I attended in the United States was the Pioneer Memorial Church at mm -hmm. uh, Berrien Springs when we were studying there. And uh, I was so rejoicing when I saw what this church was doing for kids, mm. for all the ages. And I'm... Uh, thrilled to see that many other churches are doing it. This is the key, you know, children and young people. And so um, on one side, this, uh, we could say, a very difficult generation to deal with. But on the other side, it's, uh, it's a generation that really is thirsty for attention, mm. for love, for welcoming them. They want to be, you know, received. They don't to want to be judged. When mm -hmm. they do wrong, they know that they have done wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And we should not really blame them or be after them because of that. We will never achieve any uh, 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 victories there. But if we care for them, if we show that we understand them, that we love them, they will change. The Lord will change their lives. We don't need even to rebuke them. The Lord will do it with our warm, welcoming attitude. So this is... Uh, uh, the key here. On the other side, just think about the energy that children and youth are bringing. Oh, yes. And here, the word involvement mm. becomes the key. You know, if we would involve young people to our work, I mean on all levels, yes. not only, you know, to do something and take the offerings, mm. but really in everything, in preaching, in our boards, everywhere, Give young people the opportunity to serve. The recent study that was made, uh, I think in the North American division uh, and uh, through Barna uh, um, study centers, you know, shows very clearly that the more you involve young exactly. people, the more they accept everything, including our teachings. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. it, it, it shows dramatically if a young person is not involved, he has problems with everything, including our teachings, lifestyle, everything. Yeah. As soon as you involve the young person, situation changes. And I think a key point that you made there, Ada, was the significance of meaningful involvement, not, not, not superficial involvement, and, and giving them that opportunity for, for meaningful involvement. And really, when you see that taking place, and when the rest of the congregation sees that taking place, Inspiration comes into the church and the atmosphere does change. There's a freshness, there's a life that's there. You're right, you're right. Now, there's another significant group within the church and that's the leaders themselves. We've only got less than a minute 
So the, the leaders themselves, they need to be nurtured as well, don't they? You know, if you allow me to remain with a picture of Ruth, mm -hmm. you know, if there is no bread, I would say if the preacher is hungry himself, yes. what can he offer to the congregation? Yes. So what we really need, we need a pastor who is nurtured himself. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you look at the structure of the church, the whole structure needs to be here to nurture the pastor. Yes. Of course, the pastor needs to be nurtured by Lord himself. Mm -hmm. This is the key, you know, to, uh, to get the living word from the Lord himself. Mm -hmm. But we need to understand the most important, if you want a successful, you know, denomination, put the pastor in the middle mm -hmm. and use your whole structure to support him and then he will nurture the congregation. Thanks so much for your insights today, Arthur. Thank you. And we want to thank you for joining us for another program of Ministry in Motion. Please come and visit us on our website, ministryinmotion.tv. There you'll find a vast array of resources. And for this program, we'll have some special resources there on nurture and retention that I'm sure you'll find helpful for your local church. That website again is www.ministryinmotion.tv. But until next time, may God bless you and bless you richly.